0: Hello there. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our show where we give you three or four interesting tech stories, cover it in about 15 to 20 minutes for you, send you on your way, hopefully a little bit smarter. And if you have any ideas for stories you'd like us to cover, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to us, and we'll be glad to host them on the show. My guest today is Miss Melody from the Weston branch. How are you doing today, Melody?
1: Doing great. It's beautiful out here in Weston.
0: How are things out there right now?
1: It's great. We're busy right now. The students are being released from school, so it's very busy. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of those locations with the schools and with everything. Yeah, yeah. Those Walking floods comments. of people coming in all at once. I think people would be very surprised if they showed up at Weston during the day when there's no one there and then come during a school after school time and see just how many people pack into that building sometimes. It's crazy.
1: Right. We have a lot. We have a lot
0: of teens. Yeah. Teens and the younger and you've got the college up above. Yeah. Weston's a lot more than most people think about. You think about it, just a small branch way out in the middle of the Everglades. No, there's a lot of stuff going on out there.
1: And we have the memory lab too.
0: Yes, we're going to talk about that at the end here. That's that's a really cool thing. Um, let's bring up my the browser here to talk about these stories we found this week. Uh, here's one that, that really applies to everybody here in South Florida and it pretty much applies to everybody in the world. Um, so 5G, uh, Verizon and AT&T are rolling out 5G. You may remember when 3G rolled out and 4G rolled out. Remember, it's a marketing term it's fifth generation it's not a specific term well in the united states we're having issues with it because the faa and the fcc who is control of the air spectrum are in disagreement on whether activating 5g will actually affect the plane's altimeter the altimeter on a plane is how you judge how close to the ground you are when you're landing so it's kind of an important thing um especially if there's fog and stuff like that. Do you have a 5G phone melody? Uh no,
1: I don't think yeah. so.
0: Yeah, neither do I. I mean, cuz I haven't bought a phone in the last year. I'm not one of those people who upgrades every year, so I don't have a 5G daughter phone.
1: Has a 5G. My daughter has a 5G phone. Oh, there I you don't. go.
0: See, there you go. That's a good thing. But so it's this is a thing that really affects us here in South Florida because Miami and Fort Lauderdale airports are both zones That are uh, part of this blocking the 5G rollout. So in other parts of the country, 5G is going to roll out, but here in Broward County and down in Dade County, they're not going to roll out. And oh, by the way, when, if you're down here in Broward, when I say Fort Lauderdale airport, that's not just downtown area here in, you know. Down near Dania Beach, it also includes Perry Airport out west in Pembroke Pines. It includes the Pompano Airport up in Pompano Beach because those are all part of the, what the FAA considers the Fort Lauderdale Airport System. Um, did you have any thoughts about this one, Melody? When you, when I when I showed you this article, didn't it seem kind of like,
1: huh? Well, the thing is, is it's kind of frightening if you read what it says. The Altimeter does, and mm-hmm. they're not even sure how it will affect some of the planes and some of the planes have new infrastructure. That'll be affected by the 5G. That's not even just the altimeter. So. And yeah. it's that tells how close the airplane is to the ground.
0: So, yeah, it's, I think it's a really interesting thing, especially because, and here's a 2nd article about it. Europe didn't have this problem they rolled out 5G already in Europe and the EU didn't have this problem because their regulators all worked together to make sure that this was planned properly. And they're using the same airplanes. They're using the same stuff. The one key issue that is different is that there, because remember what we said, 5G is a marketing term. So 5G in Europe, actually uses a different band, 3.4 to 3.8 gigahertz, whereas in the United States, it's slightly higher. It's 3.7 to 3.98. And that difference makes is for all these planes, which is, and also in Europe, where they put their antennas, they directed their antennas and pointed them slightly away from the runways so that the runways wouldn't be blanketed by this radiation. It's just mind-blowing sometimes how the united states just can't get its act together on some of this technology stuff and all the rest of the world is just rolling right along <laughs>
1: I'm a little behind
0: yeah we are but it's going to all work out. Um, this all went live on Wednesday, and we are now on Thursday, so it's been over 24 hours. No planes have crashed. No planes have had any major malfunctions that anyone's revealed or anything like that. So it looks like this is definitely a case of being cautious and being careful, which is a very good thing. I agree. But you'd think the two pressure. federal agencies they could talk to each other and work this out with the phone companies. It's been three years, folks. Hey, we've been planning this for three years. Why did you wait till two weeks beforehand? Yeah, they just, ah. just it's frightening. It is frightening, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is. Let's get on a slightly happier topic here. Um, virtual reality. This is something we do in libraries. We've been doing it at all times, but it's definitely coming more to the forefront now with everybody in the world of virtual, virtual reality hardware. And augmented reality hardware doubled in sales this past holiday season. Uh, so the, in 2020, it was the most that it, they'd ever sold, and then they doubled that number in 2021. So everyone, it seems, has a better understanding of what virtual reality gear is. Have you used it yourself, yes, Melody? I
1: have. It makes at me home, a little... or it's
0: just a library. I've
1: used it at home. I used my son's Oculus Rift, and yeah. I was, I, I was having a lot of fun and suddenly I became seasick. (laughs) I got sick.
0: gum. You need to have a stick of gum and chew gum. That's what happens. It's because you're so immersed. Your body doesn't understand that. Wait, there's other things. Where's the rest of the stuff I'm supposed to be experiencing. And that's it. If you chew a piece of gum while you're doing some of those experiences, it eliminates the sickness almost altogether.
1: Oh, that's good. Because it, it made me very sick.
0: Yeah, it's something in the chewing um sensation that forces your brain to like really be solidified of where you are. So, so. That's what this article was all about. It was something that they did here um the Guardian earlier this week and where the this professor is saying you need to stop thinking about it as virtual reality as something different than reality. It's just reality. And there's some studies that are cited because when people experience something in virtual reality, it leaves a mark. It does leave a real memory for them. And you feel like you're really there. If you haven't had a chance, come on into the library. We've got virtual reality gear at the main library, the Pompano library, the Margate library, the Sunrise library. We've got traveling gear that goes around all the time. It really does make you feel like you're there and immersed, doesn't it, Melody?
1: Right, it does that I think that what was interesting in the article is it was talking about, is it. The same to see these things virtually as it is to really see it. In person, will these things replace actually doing things and with. The situation that we've been going through where we can't go anywhere. Yeah, we can't experience things. I'd love to be able to travel you know, outside of the U S and you can't now, but you can do things virtually. Yeah. And I have
0: never been to Paris, but I have done it so much in VR that I really do feel like, you know, I, I have a really good understanding of where the Eiffel tower is in regards to, um, you know, the, the, the arc, the arch arch. Yeah in regards to Notre Dame I know where these things feel I know how long it would take me to go from this place to this place and do these sorts of things um or to go visit places like the Coliseum that I have been in to go around and poke around and see and kind of revisit those it really it, it's there it makes you really feel like you're there um we've had a really successful program uh with the library in years past of grandparents showing their grandkids where they grew up in in South America or uh, Europe and stuff like that and go in VR and show them. And, you know, these are the streets where I was. And then the grandparents are like pulling the controls away from the kids. No, no, no. Here, let me show you. Let me go down the street to my school. It's just it's so much fun to watch them do that. And that's kind of where this whole article is going. You know, when we have the whole metaverse come about, you know, and I'm going to be teaching a class on the metaverse tomorrow for our local computer club. it's one of those things that you're just going to be immersed all the time. And how do you tell the difference if it's quote unquote, really happening to you or not, if it's just an emotion, I mean, is going to the movies and seeing something less emotional or not? Do you get emotional at movies?
1: Yes. Sometimes I do.
0: And you can feel, I... you can feel your heartbeat accelerate. Sometimes oh, you can really get immersed.
1: Oh Yeah. I do. Uh, What I found interesting in the article was um, when they were talking about some of the museums that are not afraid to go ahead and and make a virtual tour, they say it's not changing the traffic patterns that they're having at all, that people still want to come and actually be there, but it gives people a chance anywhere to be able to experience the artwork and what they have to offer.
0: Yeah, and there's a physical limit to how many people can get in your building. And if you can now get an extra 5,000 people to experience your stuff through VR, that's just more people experiencing your thing. And now how do you monetize that, make it worth your while for the stuff is another harder touchier subject to get into. I mean, we have virtual ARLIC for the African American Research Library. We have a whole virtual section there. If you go to the webpage where you can see some of the real artifacts and view them in augmented reality or virtual reality, it's a lot of fun.
1: It's just another way to share with other people.
0: And that's that's what libraries do. We We get you that information and get you out there and show you this is what's going on. Speaking of showing other people, this was, was awesome. this, this is, yeah, this is, this was a really in-depth article. This one here, um, out by, by Hakai. And can we be friends with an octopus? Tell me, Melody, yeah. what do you think?
1: I think you can, based on what this gentleman did. You know, he needed some downtime. He went to the ocean and he made a friend. And he saw things he he would have never imagined. Mm-hmm. Just even the way it hid itself was artistic. Yeah.
0: Oh, let me find. There's an awesome picture in here about exactly that. So the, here you wow. go. So this picture on the screen here. So if you can see... Here you can see some of the fish and you can see pretty clearly there's this one octopus right here in the middle of the screen. But now let me go to a different image of that same picture and know there's one, two, three, four, five octopuses in this picture that people didn't see before. Because they're just so well hidden. Let me flip back to you there. And of course, all these links are going to be there in the show notes for you so you can see exactly where these sites are and all the stuff later on. But yeah, I mean, they're amazing creatures. Right. We've talked about, you know, octopus will punch a fish just out of boredom or rage on their own so they actually have feelings They actually have thoughts you can tell that going on they're very smart they've been able to uh i saw an article once where uh, at uh the monterey bay aquarium there was a octopus that learned how to unscrew the light bulb above his tank because he was tired of having a light on all the time that's hilarious but they only live two years that That kind of threw me there i wasn't I wasn't aware of that fact about octopuses. I knew they were very smart, I knew they were all this, but if you've got a whole lifespan, you go from barely being a little amoeba being born, you grow up in less than two years later you're dead. is that enough to really create coherent civilization type you know empathies and Working, to, I mean, obviously they don't work together that well. Although they hunt together a little bit, I guess. I don't know.
1: And they does thought it the, they thought they were lone creatures, and they found yeah. out they're not.
0: Yeah. The
1: way and it does is. it matter whether
0: we eat them or not? Whether we can be friends?
1: I think it would. Once you're friends with one, you would. Once
0: you're once you're friends with somebody, you don't eat them. You don't eat them for dinner if you're friends with somebody. I
1: um, think it's. I think it's. Yeah, good. it's
0: really different. It's really. It's. This is a really long, in-depth article. It'll take you a good thing. It, there's actually so long that there's an audio version of it that's included with the article. So don't worry about that if you don't have time to read it all. Sometime you can listen all listen to it. Um
1: interesting. It is.
0: Yeah. This was, this was one of those really thought provoking ones for me. I was like, huh, I can see where I feel like this, but then it kind of like in my friends with my dog, like my dog reacts to a lot of different things like that in a lot of the same ways. And she would bring me the ball and throw the ball at me if I, if she was bored or just bark at me and say, Hey, come and play. We, we need to go do something now. She was smart enough to know what the NFL music was to uh, and, and leave the room when I was about to go start screaming at a football game. But an octopus seems is in an order of magnitude smarter than dogs, I think.
1: I think it depends on the dog. I have a great Dane that named Star that she seems to know a lot. Yeah, she knows a lot. She knows if she stares at the faucet long enough, we'll turn it on for her so she can drink out of the
0: faucet. Oh, there you go. So
1: see, so it is, I think.
0: And I think that's part of the real uh, joy of this article is rediscovering and reexamining what is an animal intelligence and how how do we rate these compared to human intelligence? Where on the scale are we all? And heck, maybe octopuses are smarter than us if they can learn all this in less than two years. They have to go from knowing nothing and growing and learning and doing all this and then they're gone. I don't know, maybe that makes them a little bit smarter than humans. It takes us a long time to get going.
1: It's a long time
0: to learn everything. Well, yeah. We hope everybody does eventually learn, right? Yes, hopefully. And it's This was just one of those ones I was like, wow, I got to talk about this story because I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those things you're just like, wow, I just don't know about these kinds of ideas.
1: And it's a wild creature. That's the thing. It's not. Yeah. Something yeah, that was and cranky.
0: it's not like those those new things, you know, like the audio audio boards that you know your cats or dogs can use. You know, it's got the little buttons they press to replicate, you know, names. So it's it's obvious. That some, I wonder if somebody could get one of those for octopus and see just how many how fast they could learn that. There we go. That's our next experiment. Creation station microbiology or underwater biology. I, I wonder if they'll let me get away with. That. <laughs> See if we do fish. Thank you very much for being here, Smelly. This time just flew right on by. Tell us what's going on at Weston. We mentioned it at the very beginning of the show. You've got the Memory Lab out there. Tell people what that's about. You have
1: the Memory Lab out here. You can scan your. Uh, you can scan a. You could take a VCR tape. Currently, you could do it, and and download it so it's digital. And if you have any of those. Uh any pictures, any old pictures, you can digitize those. How big is a scanner
0: not- out there? Do you know? Do you know off the top of your head how big
1: that scanner is? I don't know the it's it's large. It's a very large. It's yeah. n- not a regular size scanner. I know
0: it's it does not- a full ledger not- size. I wonder how big if it's
1: it's it's, it's larger than legal, than yeah. legal size. And um if you have some of the old slides. You can actually take slides and put them in there and I'll let you see what it would look like if it was a picture. You don't see the negative. You actually see the picture itself and then you can save those. So you can take all the some old things that you have and make them into something modern where you could email it or save it or whatever you wanted to do before they
0: get damaged in a storm or disappear just from old age. I think the only thing you can't do is real to real. That's I, the only that,
1: thing. The last time
0: I was out there and looked at all of the possibilities, I was like, wow, yeah. I've got so, one old real to reel tape in the house that I'm saving just, it's my grandfather uh, being interviewed with Babe Ruth. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, uh, like I really should get this off air. I haven't heard that thing in decades. And I really probably should try and uh, find a way to save that somewhere. Well, let me throw up our final slide here again. Thank you so much, Miss Melody. There, let's put up here as I'm coming down to the wire on time. Uh, as always, if you have want to see your favorite librarian or library featured on the show one week, email us creationstation@broward.org. Comes right to us, and we'll have fun with everybody. Thanks, everybody, and stay safe. Take care.